Hello, and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime. We can't believe you've come back after last week's episode. <laughs> I feel like we should just delete it, never speak of it again. Ugh, it was too awful. It was, it was not a good one. No. No, it was not a fun time. So. Well, hopefully today we can take a deep breath of fresh air and just kind yes. of... Yes. Remember that a lot of our older cases that we covered do tend to have some comedic edge. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, and you know, there are some you just can't. Like, I mean, and I always feel a little guilty, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, comedic, but then sometimes you just have to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that one, there was just no way. It's too horrible. So. But, so we just realized that at the beginning of Monday's episode, yeah. we didn't like do our normal like sit down chit chat. No. How was your week? What's going on? Because <laughs> like, honestly, I just wanted to get it over. I was. I was just like, <laughs> I have to get through this and get it over with, and then I'm done, and I'll never do anything this stupid again to myself. Yeah, I didn't even realize it that we just jumped directly into it. Yeah, and we had breaking news. We did. Oh my gosh! So I was working the other day, and I got a text from you, and I love getting these texts. <laughs> Because when you send me pictures, all it shows originally is, like, whatever text you send with it. Uh-huh. And you said, all I saw was, what the fuck is going on in our town? <laughs> and so I click on it, and it's an article about a man. 24 years old. 24 years old, who has now been charged with 12 counts of rape. Right, because he had sex with a fourteen-year-old, mm-hmm. so you know that's what they're doing there. Yeah, every time they can prove he had sex with her, they're counting it as rape, which good. But he was a sex offender from another county. Yep, where was it? I can't. Bannett, was it Bannett County? Yeah, another county here in Idaho. It's uh-huh. not even like he was out of state or anything. Yep. Moves here, of course, didn't register. But again. He's from Bannock County. That's like right. Pocatello area. That's right. not, That's like two hours away. For real. And it's just fucking bonkers. Yeah. Ugh. He had two other charges too. I don't. Oh, see. did he? I didn't. He did. Well, I think one of them was failure to register as a sex offender. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think he had one more and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, what? the fuck is happening? Well, I have heard rumors. I don't know that this is true. Okay. I don't know this is for a fact, but I feel like it probably is true. Okay. That Mountain Home has become notorious amongst criminals, that there's very little follow-up here, and that you can basically do whatever you want under the radar, although for this dude it didn't prove to be the case, so maybe they're stepping up their game, whatever. But I know for a while there that because we had a huge influx of people with warrants and things from other counties who moved here. And that's what I was told by numerous people that I would trust. You know what I mean? That I don't feel like we're just saying it to say it. They work in professions where they would be in the know. Well, and I mean, it makes sense because like there was another uh, article that just got posted, I think a day or two before this dude's arrest of a woman who had broken out of a, I don't remember exactly what kind of, it was, she was supposed to be there. Right. I don't know if it was a county jail, if it was whatever, but. Some sort of correctional facility. Yes. Well, she broke out and she fucking ran down here to Mountain Home and they ended up catching her in Mountain Home. Yeah. 
And it's so, and like I said, I think maybe the tide is turning. You just, you know. Yeah. But I think we have so many of these. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just done. I hate everything right now. Yeah. So it. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, on another Just note, so you know, Kaylin is like munching down oh on Reese's God. peanut butter cups I while am. we're doing. And I've got like pumpkin cheesecake coffee. So if I eat yes. the Reese's and take a drink of coffee, it's going to be the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> You're going to die of like sugar overload right here. It's totally fine. Okay. But um, I texted you a little. We're gonna, I'm going to take another step yes. over into something else for a second. Oh, by the way, yeah. She also told us our next state is Oklahoma. And that she already stole the best case. So once again, two weeks in a row, we're going to fight. Yeah. Well, so this kind of ties in. This is the reason why she got the text that like our next state in the U.S. will be Oklahoma. And I am doing this case. And she was like, wow, bossy. <laughs> but... I was at work, and I uh, at work I watch a lot of HLN, so it's a lot of Forensic Files, <laughs> a lot of um, How It Really Happened. All and, those good shows. Yeah, stuff like that. Well, I was watching one the other day about a really big major crime that happened in Oklahoma. And I had heard about it before, but I didn't really know a lot of the details because I was, I don't remember what year, what year was that? It was in the eighties, nineties. Yeah, so I was early nineties. Very, I was either not born yet or still like only a couple mm-hmm. of years old. So like, I wasn't really, but I was close because I was in Texas at that time. But I was watching this, and I have said it before that like I am normally very good at like emotionally, emotionally stepping out of these cases that we talk about, so I don't let it like affect me very much. Oh no, I was at work watching this show bawling just completely sobbing it was so sad and I don't know if it's because I wasn't having I wasn't reading it and Mm -hmm. it was like I was hearing people who went through it talk about it and I was that right there I think is the biggest thing is when you hear survivors and victims that were associated with it Mm -hmm. I think that because that's where you know, you like we can look at them and be like, oh, they're so gross and stupid or whatever. But, you know, when you hear the people who have to live with the aftermath, it yeah. gets to you more. And having to see, like, pictures and mm-hmm. videos. And it was just so sad. And then I was also able, in this show, they had audio clips from the man who did this crime. And it just turned to like absolute rage. Yeah. And so that that was immediately I was like, no, this is the case we're doing it as soon as we get back <laughs> because I need to like purge it out of my system yeah. and just be done with it cuz okay. it was terrible. Yeah. And I'm excited. It's when I I know cuz I was alive and old. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm excited to talk about it with you. So Yeah. It's a it's going to be a good one. It will be. I mean, it's going to be... And your case this time is a good one. And I'm jelly of it. I'm so excited. And now, brat. So, again, I'm apologizing in advance for <laughs> lack of pronunciation. Yes, we're just doing our best here, man. We are. Plus, you know, when you got Reese's peanut butter cups in your mouth, <laughs> it's really hard to speak the Japanese. You're right. Or any language for that matter. And by the way, Reese's peanut butter cups gross. <gasps> Sorry. Oh, we're gonna fight. Just after saying, this. Okay, we are gonna fight. 
I even offered you one earlier. No wonder you said no. All right, so I actually kind of swapped places with you this week because I did did. a very like a a a more historical case. Mm -hmm. So today we are talking about Sada Abe, and she was born. Uh, in 1905, we don't really have like a specific date, and she was the youngest surviving child that her parents had. A lot of their kids died. They had a total of eight oh my children, gosh. but I believe only two or three of them live. Oh, wow. Sad. Very sad. And so she was the youngest, so her mom was very... She was very spoiled. She got whatever she wants. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And her mom encouraged her to take singing lessons. And she played in a, like a Gation theater type thing. And they... Showed it's it, part of the whole things that are associated with the geishas apparently, and I really hope this is correct because I really don't want to offend anybody <laughs> with this. But from what I have understood from it is that there is a close relation with the geishas in like prostitution. Okay, so this in is... like an artistic. Yeah. So there's some there, there's some controversy here. So the true geisha very often did have a male that was kind of her sponsor or, you know what I mean? Like definitely took care of her, provided her money. And sometimes, sometimes there was more, but usually there was one, you know, that she's associated with. And I think, yes, there's definitely a sexual relationship there. To me, it's more like the French courtesan. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a different sort of thing though. You're not like, walk in the streets looking for jobs, right. you know, it's, right. a, it's a, it's an exclusive relationship and, and it's definitely a relationship too. Okay. Although yes, there's, I mean, he provides her living and buys her things, that sort right. of thing, but yeah. Okay. So glad we're all on the same page okay. here. <laughs> uh, and geishas at the time were very, they were just considered like celebrities. They mm-hmm. were super glamorous. Mm-hmm. And so... Sada ended up pursuing this image. She skipped school for her music lessons, and she learned how to do makeup. Now, was she truly a geisha? That's what I'm asking. Because to be a geisha, like, it's years of training. You have to be accepted to a school and all of that. And I think that's where some of this misconception comes about because you have you did have a lot of imposters, especially mm-hmm. as Thai, you know, as more people from the West came in who didn't really understand the whole system, you'd have women being like, Yeah, I'm a geisha bitch. Come on. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so I believe that she went through most of like the schooling and stuff, okay. but I don't think that she ended up actually becoming a geisha. Okay. She actually changes her mind and decides that she wants to enter a better paying profession. Okay. So. Interesting. Well, so because she ends up eventually contracting syphilis. Oh. 
And so with that, it meant that she would have to go into, she had to do a lot of regular physical exams. Mm -hmm. She would have to do, um, she would have to legally register and license herself as a prostitute for like a licensed prostitute. Okay. Um, so she just decided to do something different. Now she ends up stealing. So she does end up working as I, this part's really confusing because she's a prostitute. Okay. But she didn't like register and she's not like a licensed prostitute. She's an illegal prostitute, even though prostitution is legal. Correct. Okay. <laughs> At least that's the way she's I She's an unlicensed this. prostitute, just like people are unlicensed drivers. Okay. Right. Got it. So I don't know. And, and I could, I'm hoping I'm not wrong because that was just the way that it, was, it was yeah. worded. Yeah, and so, it sounds right. And especially if she had syphilis, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been able to get a license. Right. So. so she gained a reputation as a troublemaker very early on in her, <laughs> in her career. Gee, imagine um, that. She liked to steal money from clients and she attempted to leave the brothel many times. Which I am assuming would also get your license pulled or you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And... She ended up being tracked down by the legal prostitution system. Okay. Because when she like ran away and she tried to leave and was stealing money from clients and shit, they were able to find her. <laughs> After two years, she eventually ended up escaping the licensed pro- prostitution system and began work- working also as a waitress. So now she is... <laughs> I know, it's so fucking An confusing. unlicensed prostitute waitress. Yes. All right. Yes. That's but, an interesting... I, I want to see this woman's resume just written out. But, there okay. was a space between them. There was a time when she was like, I'm going to stop prostituting. I'm going to be a waitress okay. for a while. But she wasn't really satisfied with the pay that she was getting. So sure. she decided to go back to being a prostitute. Of course. And she began working in a bunch of unlicensed brothels in 1932 and her mother died in 1933. And so um, she ends up going back to Tokyo to visit her father and to go see her mother's grave. Now, her her father was not really approving of this life. Even when she was a kid wanting to be a geisha, uh-huh. he didn't like the promiscuous part of right. it. So he was just not a fan. But he she goes back to visit her dad. And her dad ends up becoming very sick in January of 1934. So just after a year, just a year after her mother died, he became very, very sick. And she was able to nurse him for 10 days before he died as well. So in October of 1934, she was arrested in, uh, um, on a police raid with an unlicensed brothel. (laughs) And she... There was a well-connected friend to the brothel owner, and they were able to arrange a release for her, so she didn't actually get charged with anything. Okay. Now, this well-connected friend ends up being very attracted to her, and he needed to find a way for her to pay her debt to him. Of course he did. Well, she agrees. Of course. And so she becomes his mistress. Okay. And he sets up a house for her, sets up a house. He built her a house (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and in his deposition, de- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that was right. I said that right. Deposition. Deposition. There you go. Um, he said, quote, she was really strong, a real powerful one, even though I am, I am pretty jaded. She was enough to astound me. She wasn't satisfied unless we did it two, three or four times a night to her. It was. I lost my spot. Oh, no. (laughs) To her, it was unacceptable unless I had my hand on her private parts all night long. At first, it was great, but after a couple of weeks, I got a little exhausted. When she... So, he's just like, it was fantastic, but, like, I got ran out real fast. She has a high sex drive. Yes. So... She then suggests that he leave his wife to marry her. She doesn't like being a mistress anymore. She wants to be his main lady. Mm -hmm. And he tells her no. So she then asked if she was allowed to have another lover. Because at this point, if she's someone's mistress and she's already basically told him, like, I'm just going to be for you. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yes. So now she's trying to find out if she can have another relationship. And he also told her no. So she decides to leave. So she ends everything with this man and leaves. And his testimony ended with an angry remark saying that she is a slut and a whore. And as um, and as what she has done makes clear, she is a woman whom men should fear. Okay, so, but this just sounds like slut shaming to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I had a relationship with her, but I'm married, so I'm going to say, I'm going to badmouth her because my wife is probably listening to my testimony. Right. And I'm mad because she left me. Right. And I wanted to be in control and tell her what to do, and she was like, no, I'm not having that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, anyway, go on. I, I don't know exactly how villainous she will turn out to actually be, but there's parts of this that sounds like you know, she lives in a misogynistic society at the time where, and women have very few, like she can be a waitress or a geisha right. or a prostitute, you know, that's an what unlicensed you can, prostitute. That's what you, that's what you can do to earn <laughs> money. And so, yeah, go on. Yeah. So she actually ends up saying less flattering things about her. Him. She was, she said, quote, he didn't love me and he treated me like an animal. He was... The kind of scum who would then plead with me when I said we should break up. And I believe her yeah. in that. I do. So she then, in 1935, she decides she wants to leave the sex industry again. Okay. And she begins working as a maid at a restaurant. And she, very quickly after she started working there, got romantically involved with a customer. And... He was a professor and a banker, and he was aspiring to become a member of the Diet of Japan, which is the Japanese parliament. Okay. And he, she knew that the restaurant would not be okay with her having romantic relations with their clients, and she got bored of the place. She decided to move back to to Tokyo. Okay. And... She, that's when she found out that she had contracted syphilis and she was in the hospital or she was at a resort 
that was paid for her. Somebody bought her a trip to a resort and she stayed there from November until January of 1936. Okay. And by the way, back then the treatment for syphilis, um, I think could help, you know, Mm -hmm. but we're still not talking antibiotics, which is what you really need. Right. And, um, the cure was pretty brutal. So, yeah. And so she ends up getting money so that she can open a small restaurant and that she was, it was also recommended to her that she start working as an apprentice to somebody else in a restaurant business so that she can get the experience. So while she lived in Tokyo, she began working as an apprentice, um, at the, yo, Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. Do you want to try this for me? You're going to make me do this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yoshidea? Sure. At that restaurant in February on February 1st of 1936, the owner of the esta- establishment was again I'm so sorry, uh Kichiza Kichiza. I'd say Kichizo Ishida. Sure. Ishida. I'm gonna call him Ishida because that's the easiest yes. one for me to say. <laughs> now he was forty two year old forty two years old at the time. And he had worked his way up in the business from the bottom. And he then started as an apprentice at a restaurant specializing in eel dishes. He had then opened his restaurant in 1920. And when she came to join his team at the restaurant, uh, Ashita had known, he was known kind of at the time as, what nowadays the kids would call a fuck boy. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, he's a little old. He's a fuck man. Right. He's 42. Come right. On. And it, he was just a womanizer and he ran the streets as much as he ran his restaurant. <laughs> and. So he's like a lot of celebrity chefs today. Right. And, <laughs> right. And his restaurant actually ended up being primarily managed by his wife. Okay. Of course. Well, of course he has a wife, poor thing. Right? Of course he does, because why wouldn't he? So, Sada ends up... Um, so, not long after she starts working at this restaurant, Ashita starts making advances towards her. Okay. Because what else did you think was going to happen? Exactly. <laughs> and... She said that the, her last boyfriend, the one that hit, or the one that I believe she was currently with still, the one that had given her the money to start the restaurant, mm-hmm. and the one that paid for her to go on this long, this like few month long spa trip and all of this, she said that he never satisfied her sexually, <laughs> and so she decided to sleep with Ashita. Okay. There's a lot of trash talking going on around here too about, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So in the in the middle of April, Ashita and Sada, wow, why did her name just completely <laughs> Sada? I don't know why that happened. But um So in about mid the middle of April, they started their sexual relationship and they had a, a geisha mm-hmm. at one of the restaurants sing a love ballad to them. Okay. And on April 23rd, 
Um, they met for a prearranged sexual encounter, and which is basically it was at a what they call a tea house, uh-huh. which is basically like a hotel specifically for prostitutes. Okay, it's they call it a love hotel. Ooh, and they really were only planning to have like a short fling. Uh-huh. Until the couple, the two of them ended up staying in bed for four days straight. Uh-huh. And on the night, um, the night of April 27th, 1936, they moved into another tea house in a different neighborhood. And they continued to get really drunk and have a lot of sex. And sometimes <laughs> they had geishas in their singing to them. Um, they would also... Uh, let maids in, like continue to enter the room to like clean their room. And, like, so they have them. a little bit of a uh, what's that like an exhibitionist kind of kink, right? Maybe. Okay. So they then move on to another treehouse in another neighborhood, and Ishida ends up not returning to the restaurant until the morning of May eighth. So it started on April twenty seventh. And they just bounced around from hotel <laughs> to hotel here. until May 8th, 1936. All right. So about two weeks. Cheapers. Right. And Sada later said that, <laughs> quote, it was hard to say exactly what was so good about Ishida, but it was impossible to say anything bad about his looks, his attitude, his skill as a lover. The way he expressed his feelings, I've never met such a sexy man. Ooh la la. Okay then. I love that. I feel like at this point nobody really knows what's gonna happen because like I know because we're just like like, yeah. So after their two week sexcapades kind of come (laughs) to a halt, she becomes agitated and just ends up drinking a lot. Okay. And she said that with Ashita, she had come to have a, she, she said that he was her true love. He was her first ever true love. And she had like hopes and dreams of Ashita being back. Uh, or she would have hopes and dreams of like kind of being in his wife's place. And then when she thought about, Ashita with his wife just made mm-hmm. her very, 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 very jealous. Okay. So, on May 9th, uh-huh. Sada ends, she ends up going to a play in which a geisha attacks her lover with a large knife. After that, she decided to threaten Ashita with a knife at their next meeting. Because, you know, as one does, mm-hmm. I saw this in a movie or show right. or whatever, so I'll do it to you. Okay. Right. So, she later said that the night that she had met up with Ishida, she said, quote, I pulled the kitchen knife out of my bag and threatened him as had been done in the play that I had seen. Okay. Right. Uh, she said... You wore that kimono just to please one of your favorite customers. You bastard. I'll kill you for that. God. And Ashita at first was like weirded out and then it turned into like a role play sexual thing. 
And he just like went with it. All right. Right. So they had another glorious couple of days of sexcapades. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she, Sada puts the knife to the base of his penis and said that she would make sure he would never play around with another woman again. This does not sound like it's going to end well. And you know what Ashita did? What? He laughed. Ha ha. Uh-huh. So funny. So two nights into this like bout of sex, Sada begins choking Ashita during sex. Okay. And then he decides, he tells her to continue doing so because it felt so good or something. And she, she also had him choke her. Uh huh. And then on the evening of May 16th, 1936, she uses her, uh, her one of her sashes uh-huh. to cut off Ashita's breathing during an orgasm. And they both loved it. So they continued to do this for the next two hours. And once she stopped the strangulation, Ashita's face became distorted and would not it, he just like wasn't coming back to his normal appearance. Stuff, something wasn't right. Well, Ashita had taken 30 tablets of a sedative. Oh God. Um, to try to soothe his pain after that because she had fucked something up inside of him. Uh-huh. And according to Sada, Sada, wow, words. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Ashita started to doze. He told her, quote, you'll put the cord around my neck and squeeze it again while I'm sleeping, won't you? If you start to strangle me, don't stop because it was, it is so painful afterwards. Okay. <laughs> now I'm lost. So I understand that choking's a kink, whatever. Why would you take pills that knock you out? And then say, yeah, go ahead and choke me. And none of this is making sense. No. Okay. So. I like the way you she, just looked at me like, I don't know either. She she decided, she ended up saying that she wondered if he had wanted her to kill him. Uh-huh. But she was like, as I look back on it, he must have been joking. So at about two in the morning on May 18th, 1936, and... As Ashita was sleeping, she wraps her sash twice around his neck and strangles him to death. She later told police, quote, after I killed Ashita, I felt totally at ease, as though a heavy burden had been lifted from my shoulders, and I felt a sense of clarity. She lied with his dead body for a few hours after he was dead. And then, do you know what she does next? What? Do ya? Do ya? No. She then cuts off his genitalia. She cuts both his penis and his balls off. Okay, okay, okay. So normally, (laughs) I'm not a fan of the whole insanity plea. This chick be cray cray. Gets better. Oh, God. So she cuts his junk off with the kitchen knife that she had threatened to kill him with prior. Prior. She then wraps them in a magazine cover and then kept them with her for the next three days until she was arrested. 
And with the um with the blood she'd written on the wall, I'm not even going to try to pronounce okay. the, the Japanese, but it, it translated into English. It says, we, Sada, and Ishida are alone. And that was on his left thigh and on the bed sheet. See, this makes... Okay, my theory is that she done lost her mind. And this is her way. She killed him. So This is a... Nobody else can have him. She probably wanted this to continue forever. And he was like, yeah, I'm going back to my wife at some point. Because that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um... She also carved her the character for her name into his left arm and then she put his under she put on his underwear and left the hotel at about 8 a.m. Oh my god, yeah, total. This is like and, I own him. Right. And when she left, she told the staff not to disturb him. Yes. Of course she did. Right. So she ends up leaving this tea house. And she meets up with her former lover, the one that paid for the restaurant oh, okay. and all of the other stuff. And she apologized to him and apologized, but he never told him about the murder, didn't tell him of about anything. Not. Well, what happened. are you going to be like? <laughs> right. Hi, honey, I just killed somebody, but let's get back together. Right. And so he just assumed that she was apologizing because she cheated on him. Yes. But in later, it's said that her apologies were for the damages to his political career that she knew was going to happen because oh. of his association with her. And so his, after his body was discovered, the search then went immediately to her. At this mm -hmm. point, everybody of fucking course. knew who it was. Yeah. But they couldn't find her. So on May 19th, 1936, the newspapers had picked up the story her ex-lover's career was absolutely ruined, and she was on the run. <laughs> oh my god! So there becomes what the there a frenzy starts because uh -huh. there's this killer prostitute. Yes, and it's a great headline and story, right? And so police start getting so many different calls. I saw her here. I mm -hmm. saw her here. Blah blah blah. And there was one false report that almost caused a stampede, resulting in, like, a large traffic jam. It was just a lot of... Crazy. Rough. Yeah, crazy stuff. Well, on May 19th, 1936, she went shopping. She saw a movie. And <laughs> she, under a fake name, she stayed at another hotel. And on May 20th... She got a massage, she drank some beer, she spent all day writing farewell letters to her ex-lover, her friend, and Ashita, and then she planned to commit suicide one week after the murder, and after she had practiced some necrophilia. Because remember, she cut off his junk, so she had it. Yeah, but you can't, uh, we're not getting into the logistics nope, of that, we're not, but, well, ugh, ugh, ugh. So, okay, is she crazy from her syphilis? That's my guess. Something. Come so, on. So, she then says, quote, I felt attached to Ishida's penis and thought that only after taking leave from it quietly could I then die. I unwrapped his paper holding them and gazed at his penis and scrotum. 
I put his penis in my mouth and even tried to insert it inside of me. It didn't work, however, though I kept trying and trying. Then I decided that I would flee. Oh, my God. In the end, I would jump off a cliff while holding his penis. Okay. (laughs) So why doesn't she commit suicide? Because at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, police detectives become suspicious of her name that she had signed in with at the end because all she did was swap her last and her first name. (laughs) So instead of being Sada Abe, she Uh, was Abe Sada. Pick a better alibi. Not alibi. Pseudonym. Right. Oh my god. Alias. Whatever. Right. So. I'm traumatized. uh, Detective ended up going to the room. And she told them, don't be so formal. You're looking for Sada Abe, right? Well, that's me. I'm Sada Abe. Um, and at first, the police, the police didn't fucking believe her. Of course they didn't. And she, she had to show them his junk that she cut off his body for them to believe her. Oh, my God. Right. So she was arrested and interrogated over eight different interrogation se- uh, sessions. And when asked why she had severed his penis, she replied, because I couldn't take his head or body with me. I wanted to take the part of him that brought me back to the most vivid memories. She crazy. Right. Um, anytime that she was asked about why she killed him or why she cut his junk off, (laughs) the officer said that she anytime she got to talk about it uh-huh. she became like really excited and he said he was like her eyes almost sparkled in like a strange fucking way and she with that she was like I just loved him so much I wanted him all to myself but since we were not husband and wife as long as he lived he could be embraced by another woman I knew that if I killed him no other woman could ever touch him again so I killed him And there were a bunch of other similar cases all over in Japan of women killing men that they are somehow involved with and then cutting their junk off. I don't know why that is such a thing (laughs) because it shouldn't be like, please, no, like, please, no. Now. She ends up getting arrested and she goes to trial and her first day of trial was on November 25th, 1936. And by 5 a.m. there were tons of people just crowded around to watch this trial. Mm-hmm. Um, the judge presiding over the trial admitted to being sexually aroused by some of the details involving the case. Um, and, but he made sure that the trial was held in the utmost seriousness. Uh-huh. And her, she gave a statement before sentencing and she said, the thing I regret most about this incident is that I have, I have come to be misunderstood as some kind of sexual pervert. There had never been a man in my life like Ashita. There were men I liked and whom I'd slept without and accepting money, but none who ever made me feel the way I did towards him. Well, On December 21st, 1936, she ends up getting convicted of murder in the second degree and mutilation of a corpse. And the prosecution wanted 10 years 
Which I still don't feel like is enough. Which was longer than what my little assholes got in my case. So the prosecution demanded 10 years and Sada decides that she wants the death penalty. She tells them that she wants the death penalty. Um, But instead she was sentenced to six years in prison. Oh my God. They had to know. I mean, I'm sorry. There's insanity here. And I feel like they knew that. Do you know what I mean? Don't you think? Yeah. Well, she ends up getting confined to a women's penitentiary and she is, was prisoner number 11, which is pretty cool. There was only 10 other women in this. I guess so. Yeah. Right. Her sentence was commuted on November 10th, 1940. Oh, wow. And on... It was the 2600th anniversary celebrations of the mythical founding of Japan with uh, when there was a certain emperor that came to the throne. It was also World War II. Yeah, that too, I guess. <laughs> and she was released exactly five years after the murder on May 17th, 1941. Wow. Right before Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor would be December of that year. Right. And so she ends up getting released. She gets a new name. And she then ends up becoming a mistress of a very serious man. Who the hell would hook up with her after all of this? Right. Men be crazy. Right. So she ends up writing memoirs (laughs) and shit too, but she refers to this, she refers to the serious man as Y. She doesn't actually give a name. It's just the letter Y. And she moves around a bit, and then her true identity became known to Wise family. Um, so she broke off the relationship okay. and kind of disappeared. And she then there's a bunch of different like movies and TV shows and stuff that well, of have course. gone on because of this. There'd have to be. And she just died in 1971 at age 66. Just wow. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. But, like, she just killed him and then cut his dick off. Like. <laughs> and carried it around. Uh, oh, gosh. That is. Whoa. That's even crazier than I thought it was going to be. Right. Well, what was crazy is so when you told me you were doing that case, I just put in her name. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, what is this? And it said that the murder was an autoerotic asphyxiation murder. It which was that not, is not what this is no. at all. Like, she just flat out killed this guy. Right, well, while he was sleeping. Right. Yeah. And so I saw that originally first, and I was like, what? And so I'm, like, scrolling. And then I, the, I didn't know anything else about the case except for she strangled him and then cut his dick off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I found it. This yeah. is my case. Like, look no further. <laughs> Cutting dicks off here. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That was so much better than yours. It was so much better than mine. But so crazy that, I mean, yeah, geez. But, and I also thought it was funny because, oh, I don't remember which episode it was, but we were yelling, we were talking about something and I was screaming. Oh, about cut their dicks off. (laughs) (laughs) Chop it off. That's right. So I thought this was fitting. So you got it. I did. She did it. And apparently she wasn't the only one because they said there were dozens of other murders like Like this all over Japan. So they would murder and do this. Yeah. Because I know in South America, because when um, Lorraine and Bobbitt, when that happened here in the United States, 
one of the things is like that that was also common in South America when men would cheat on their women. They just cut their dicks off. Yeah, and feed them to the chickens. Fuck yeah. Good yeah. for them. Just so. kidding. Don't cut people's penises No, off, don't guys. do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's bad. Yeah. Wow. That was fun, huh? Japan has some messed up stuff. Right. I knew it would, though. I did, too. I knew it would. I did, too, but... Wow. Right. So if you have any suggestions, you can, <laughs> I, that's not where I was going to start, but we, I, we will not pay for your therapy after these two cases. Just no. so you know, no, we won't No, Cause we need it. We are not reliable. That's right. <laughs> and we need therapy. Right. <laughs> so if you have any suggestions, go ahead and email us at state of crime podcast at gmail.com, or you can just message our Facebook page. And then join our Facebook discussion group. It's always a, a little fun over there. We get yes. some serious cases posted. We have people chit-chat. We get funny memes posted. It's it's a little bit of everything, so go check that out. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're listening on an Apple product, make sure you go into your Apple podcast and rate and review us. helps us out a lot. And this was our last week. Yes, abroad. Oh, yeah, abroad. So we are headed back to the U.S. Oklahoma. Yes, I'm excited. Yes. Where the wind comes rushing down the plane. Yeah, that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, mine too. That's yeah. everybody. Yeah, so, yeah. Because it's the best musical ever. It is. I like it. All right. It. Okay. Anyway, so until next time. See ya. Mwah. <laughs>